You're listening to Queer Money episode number 218, and we have amazing news for you today. Today, we're discussing what the Supreme Court's recent decision protecting LGBTQ workers means and the number one step you need to take now. This is good stuff. We make the Queer Money podcast for you, so please email your money questions to questions at debtfreeguys.com or post them in the Queer Money Facebook group, and we may answer your question in an upcoming episode. There's personal finance for the masses. This is not personal finance for the masses. This is Queer Money. How does your bank support the LGBT community? Not at all? For Pride in June? Or 365 days a year? Capital One proudly supports the LGBT community throughout the year. Maybe it's time to support a bank that supports us. Go to debtfreeguys.com forward slash cafe for more info. Welcome back to another episode of Queer Money. So I don't know about you, but I kind of get the feeling like maybe every five years we should expect some great decision to come out of the Supreme Court. It's serendipitous that Pride is in June too, right? right? And that's kind of weird. Right. This is the second time that during the month of uh, June, Pride Month, that some fantastic news has come out of the Supreme Court. We know back in 2015, it was all around marriage equality. And this year, 2020, it's all around LGBT worker rights and As many of you know, John and I have talked about this subject over and over and over again on this podcast, that this is one of the big challenges that our community faces is that in up to 30 states, you could be fired because of your LGBTQ status. And and when we say that you could, it means that there wasn't any recourse if you were fired because of your LGBTQ status. Obviously, that decision is going to have an impact on not only us, but employers and the way that employers and employees interact, especially towards LGBTQ folks. I can see a challenge for us already. We're going to have to start figuring out how to use past tense words (laughs) (laughs) when we talk about workplace discrimination. Right. So yeah, to be true, uh, up to in up to 30 states up until June 15, 2020 now, LGBTQ people could be terminated without recourse. Um, And this mostly uh, fell along uh, party lines at the state level. Um, Red states treated LGBTQ employees one way, uh, blue states treated LGBTQ employees another way. There were some exceptions uh, with Wisconsin and Utah, but by and large, you know, this change, as, as uh, the Williams Institute reported, will have a positive effect on up to at least 4 million individuals. And that's great because, you know, having uh, always being in fear of, of losing your job kind of makes it hard to climb the corporate ladder. It kind of makes it a little bit more challenging to achieve financial security. It kind of makes it hard to live your best life if you're always in fear of what's going to happen to you or if you're going to lose what thread of financial security you may have had. So this is great news. And, you know, when we talk about these situations where people were terminated because of their LGBTQ status, while we definitely know of stories of people who were overtly and outrightly terminated simply because they were gay, lesbian, trans, and whatnot, but very often situations were included where people were sort of passively terminated. You just stopped getting promotions after they found out you were LGBTQ, or you stopped getting included into projects and meetings so you didn't have the opportunity to perform at your best, or they just kind of created a hostile working environment so that you wanted to leave. And unfortunately, up until uh, up until this last month, your only recourse uh, in many states was simply to leave and to not fight a battle. But now we have that legal recourse, and that's great security, personal and financial yeah, I think that you, you hit it on the head there. The, the burden of fear is 
going to start to shift, right? The burden of fear for LGBTQ folks, many of them, the fear was, was I going to get outed and how would that affect my job? And we know this is not going to be instantaneous, but the burden of fear should then shift to employers and them now making sure that they are not saying things or overtly doing things that show that they are discriminating against someone based on their sexual orientation or gender identity. And as you mentioned, the reason why this is so important is because it has created a systemic issue of pay gap for the LGBT community. John and I believe that this is, this is one of the pieces that has kept the earning potential of many LGBTQ folks where it's at because we know that as you climb the corporate ladder, as you become more, I don't know if prominent, but more visible in your company with your boss, with your employer, the more visible you become, the more people want to know about you personally. And so if you're hiding something about your personal life, you don't want to be too visible, right? And so you either yourself or because of what other people know intentionally prevent yourself or others prevent you from climbing the corporate ladder. And I don't want to say necessarily climbing the corporate ladder, but for some people, all that is is moving out of maybe a service position into a manager position or moving from a service position to a position that they're more passionate about that allows them to grow and increase their income. And it's that kind of holding people back that helps or that has suppressed our ability as a community to earn enough to be able to survive. And as the Williams Institute regularly points out, it's part of the reason why almost 25% of LGBTQ folks live at or below the poverty line. And this is one piece of why. Yeah, this is, uh, and it's to be clear that this is just one piece, and we definitely don't think that the results uh, will start to see positive results overnight. But this is a major stepping stone in helping us get to equality, all of us having the opportunity to achieve financial security. So it, it's, it's a major step, and it's an opportunity for our community to take advantage of it. So I think, you know, we kind of discussed, you know, what life was like prior to June 2020. I think what it would help if we maybe got a little bit crystal clear on what exactly the Supreme Court decision says. And it says that Employees in states that didn't have statutory protections for this kind of discrimination are now protected by federal law and have legal recourse if any part of their termination is because of their sexual orientation or gender identity. So now this sort of protection applies to all 50 states. Um, employees, uh, whether they were working in a state that didn't have these protections or not, now have these federal protections. And I think one of the few words that stands out most to me is here where it says any part of their termination. So if any part of your termination, whether there's a, you know, if there's a number of factors at play in why a corporation or an employer is letting you go, and one threat of that is because they're being homophobic or discriminatory, they are getting rid of you because you're LGBTQ, that gives you an opportunity, that gives you some legal recourse to fight that termination. Absolutely. You know, it, it's, I think it's really important to look at that aspect of it's just a piece. Because remember, discrimination can take multiple forms, or at least the results of the discrimination can take multiple forms. As John mentioned earlier, maybe you are excluded from projects. Maybe you are excluded from opportunities. And 
if there is a pattern of you being excluded and that pattern can be tied to when you were either outed or you came out or people became aware of your LGBTQ status, if you can tie that to, to that time frame, you may have a sound case as to why them coming back and saying, well, it's a performance issue. And you could say, is it just a performance issue? Is my performance being tied to this particular event? And you can see a, a trend line of what has happened with you. And so it's really important that it's just a part of, not the whole thing, it's just a part of why you are terminated. I think it's also important to be clear that there is a small exception to this, a little bit of a loophole. So there are exceptions to this law for small businesses with fewer than 15 employees, unless there is a state or city ordinance that applies. So this federal law, it looks like, does not apply to small businesses of 15 employees or fewer. My argument there, as soon as I say that, I think to myself, the return on equality that we've talked about several times with Todd Sears and how corporations are realizing that um, the more open and free their their environment is, the more accepting they are of, of all different kinds of people, the more diverse that their teams are. Simply, the data shows that their, their bottom line performance, their growth, the money in, the money out, what everybody's being, you know, what, what CEOs and CFOs are being based on their performance reviews, is exponentially better the more freer and open an organization is. So if you're a small business with fewer than 15 employees and you don't want growth, that's fine. Don't hire LGBTQ employees. That's a pretty uh, pretty surefire way to, to sabotage your business. So I would argue that probably a lot of small businesses, especially maybe newer startups, probably would be a little bit more open and inviting to LGBTQ people. Yeah. I, I will say that probably if you're employed at a company that has fewer than 15 employees, there is already an atmosphere of wanting to know about what goes on in your social life, what your life is like outside, which obviously, depending on where you live and the environment of that company, you still have to take that into consideration. You may not be coming out and you may not want to come out. The important thing there is to remember that there are still state and city ordinances that may protect you. So we know that that's the case in a lot of cities. And actually, I think it's a, HRC has an index for cities that have those kinds of ordinances. I'm forgetting what that index is right now. Uh, we'll link it, link it up in the show notes. But you can then go back and look, does my city, does my state already have that kind of ordinance? You may be, then be protected even if you're at a company that has 15 employees or less, or less than 15 employees, I guess it is. Yeah. And some of those cities and towns um, that have ordinances are actually in red states. So um, you have some, uh, you might have some protections depending. So um, it's, it's important to understand the laws where you live, uh, but on a federal level, um, you have some additional protections now. And so now we've told you what we think. What do you think? This podcast is sponsored by Capital One. Capital One is redesigning the banking experience by offering simple, straightforward, and seamless ways for you to bank from almost anywhere, so banking fits into your life, not the other way around. Hi, this is Manny Cosme with the Equality Chamber of Commerce, D.C. metro area. If you're a small business or nonprofit, check out our monthly networking event and, of course, our annual mega networking event to grow your business. Check us out at www.eccdc.biz. See you soon.
So we asked the question in the Queer Money Facebook group uh, a couple days ago, how do you think the Supreme Court's recent ruling protecting LGBTQ workers will help the queer community thrive? Because we're all about helping our community thrive personally, professionally, financially. That's what we're seeking for, right? Everybody having the opportunity to, to live their best life. 26 individuals said it helps, but we have much more work to do. And as David and I were alluding, uh, we definitely agree this is, this is one major step, but we have a lot more steps ahead of us and a lot more work to do. Six people said this is huge. And I simultaneously, David and I agree with that. This, this is huge. We have much more work to do, but it's also very huge. Um, we're making, uh, what we're talking about that slow arc towards um, progress, that slow arc towards equality. And, and as much as the challenges that we've had over the last couple of years, um, I think we need to relish the reasons to celebrate. And this is definitely a reason to celebrate. And then two people said it's a small but good step. And another two people said, let's wait and see what happens. <laughs> let's see how this plays out. And considering our current leadership, it probably makes sense why you might want to might want to just see how this plays out. Exactly. But I think the other thing about let's see, let's wait and see how this plays out is important because many of us know that the passage of a law or this being written into law in this country based on precedents being set here at the Supreme Court doesn't end workplace discrimination, right? No. We know this still exists. We know it exists based on gender and based on race. And, and those have been part of the law for a long time, right? So we know that this is starting to set the precedence of these kinds of cases now can be brought into federal court. So one of the things that's important to remember on this is that there won't be an about face all of a sudden, your employer isn't going to all be welcoming of you. Their mentality, their frame of mind most likely hasn't changed. There is most likely still some form of discrimination or homophobia happening in the workplace. And so it's important for you, if you are in an environment like that, to make sure you're taking certain steps to protect yourself. Exactly. And so that kind of leads us to our single recommendation for this podcast. And I'll argue that this is having worked a W-2 job and worked for several employers before. We both wholeheartedly agree to this and we've been doing it. Uh, we did it our, uh, for much of our tenure uh, working for somebody else. And that is to document, document, document. You just want to document everything that you can, if for no other reason. And then it helps you when you it's time to do your annual performance reviews. But what you want to do is every email that you get that gives a positive review, whether, you know, no matter how small or big it is, archive that somewhere. Anytime you get a, a good performance review, however that's documented, make sure you get a copy of that and save that for yourself. Every time somebody gives you positive feedback verbally, jot that down in a notebook or, or a Word doc or a Google doc or whatever works for you and keep track of everything and document, document, document. Because as I learned from personal experience, you can have a stellar career and things going amazing and you've never received, you've rarely received any negative feedback. And then all of a sudden the wrong instance can happen. You work for the wrong employer, you have the wrong boss, team shifts, whatever. And all of a sudden you become the worst employee ever. And it's just contrary to anything that you've ever experienced and actually contrary to what you're experiencing at that time other than maybe from one or two individuals. Uh, and the more documentation you have, the better for yourself. And that equally applies if you think that you're being terminated or discriminated against in the workplace because of your LGBTQ status. The more documentation that you have, 
if you need to also document the blatant or unconscious homophobia, document the bad experiences that you have, the, the discrimination that you're experiencing so that you kind of are basically creating a, 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 a legal brief, a legal, yeah, legal brief. That's the word <laughs> creating a legal brief to give to an attorney. If, if it gets to that point, you can say, Hey, here is all the documentation I have. And the more documentation you have, the stronger your argument is to maybe sway the courts uh, or to agree to your, your perception. Yeah. I think this whole idea of corroborate, getting someone to other people to chime in to whether good things or bad things are happening is really important because what's going to happen is their attorneys are going to try to paint a really poor picture of you. And if you're the only one with any sort of evidence or experience and you don't have someone who can corroborate your experience or whether they're, it's good or bad, it's going to become a he said, she said, and that becomes very difficult. And so there's this whole idea of corroboration. So when somebody says something good to you, send them an e email and say, thank you, I appreciate that. It was nice for you to say whatever it is to me. And then they may follow up and say, sure, I, no problem. You have documented proof there that somebody said that to you, or you're in a situation where someone makes a comment or says something. And if you, if someone else is there with you, follow up with them and just say, did I hear this correctly? Did that person say this? Or I'm not sure how you feel about this. I'm just curious what your thoughts are on what they said. And what you're trying to do is basically build that case, right? You're trying to create the evidence that allows you to then go ahead and move forward or at least contact an attorney or go through the process to file an incident report that this is what is happening. Yeah, so as we said, the, this, the Supreme Court decision isn't gonna end workplace discrimination for employees. It's not gonna end homophobia, of course. And it's, it's a shame that, that this is necessary, but as we said, document, 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 and be prepared to protect yourself if you need to. No matter how amicable your environment is today, things can change on a dime. So just protect yourself. And this is regardless, this, is, this applies to any reason why you might be wrongfully terminated or, or your workplace has become a hostile work environment. You wanna have this protection for yourself regardless of your LGBTQ status or not. And then if you think that you have been termed because of your sexual orientation or gender identity, the next step would be then to first call your state agency who is responsible for such complaints. They have different names in each state. So contact the appropriate state agency who receives that complaints. And then if you want to take it to a federal level, if you feel like your case warrants that, specifically call the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, um, and they'll tell you about the next steps of, of what to do. Yeah. I, the other thing I want to remind folks here is that homophobia or, or phobia uh, based on your gender identity or sexual orientation isn't always coming from the person that you think it's coming from. So I want to talk about something called cascading homophobia. This is something John and I have been talking about recently and we have experienced ourselves. In the past, John and I both used to work for the second largest brokerage firm in the country. Go ahead, look it up online. You'll find out who they are. They always get a 100 on the HRC index. But John and I experienced what we call cascading homophobia while working there. And basically what this means is that the homophobia is coming from someone higher up. It's not directed to you, but someone above you is fearful 
of the homophobia that comes from someone above them. So they, in turn, don't necessarily promote you or may say no to you because it's easier to say no to you rather than saying or having to explain why to someone else. I'll give you an example here. Four years, John and I were the co-chairs of our LGBT organization at this company. For years, we were being asked by brokers who worked out in the field in San Francisco, in Chicago, and in New York, please, can you ask marketing to give us some material that we can use with our LGBT clients that doesn't depict a straight white couple walking down the beach with their golden retriever? We want something that is more in tune with the people that we talk to every single day with our clients. And John and I worked over and over and over again through the diversity inclusion group and through the marketing group and consistently were told no, that we wouldn't produce that kind of material. And they never could give us a complete answer as to why they wouldn't do it, even though the business was saying we need this. And so we know that the individuals who were saying no to us reported to a hierarchy at the company that is known to be homophobic and extremely right-wing Christian. And so we believe that there was this opportunity for cascading homophobia where it was easier for the individuals who could make the decision to say, yes, let's do this, instead said no because they didn't want to have to explain to their bosses why we were creating material for the LGBT community. So remember that when you're at work, sometimes your documentation may need to be a little investigative or explanatory as to why maybe the person right above you is saying no. And you may be making some assumptions here, but you still wanna document that kind of material so that you can show that there is a trend or there is an appearance of homophobia or phobia happening in the workplace. So this is great news. This is one major step for the LGBTQ community and for all individuals, uh, workers and non-workers alike. This is just one more step towards equality. So this is a reason to celebrate. Uh, we should all be excited. We should all use this as an opportunity to improve our lives um, and to see things a little bit better than maybe what we did uh, a couple days ago. But as David and I said, this certainly does not end homophobia or discrimination. So continue to pay attention, continue to look out, and continue to protect yourself. Thank you for listening to another episode of Queer Money. Here is your Queer Money takeaway from this episode. Document, document, document to the best that you can create your own version of a legal brief to make sure that you protect yourself, regardless of whatever the negative or adverse situation is at your workplace, and regardless of how amicable things are today. Document, document, document. We make the Queer Money Podcast for you, so please email your money questions to questions at debtfreeguys.com or post them in the Queer Money Facebook group, and we may answer your question in an upcoming episode. Thank you. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Capital One's checking and savings accounts have no fees and no minimums. And with one of the best saving rates in America, you can rest easy watching your money grow with no fees to bring you down. You can open an account in about five minutes 
which means you are only about five minutes away from getting your savings to grow with one of the nation's best rates. 